an eerie sight, for my monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly... All right, I don't right, believe I'm ready. All right. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's a couple of days before Halloween, so we got to dive into horror. And, yeah, I don't know about you, Luke, but I've, I've been trying to watch as much horror as I can this month. And I even set a goal for myself. Uh, 31 horror movies in 31 <laughs> days. Oh, okay. And we are now just a few days away from Halloween, and I'm, uh, I'm at 19. So Holy shit. Yeah, that's I, a lot. Yeah, I don't, that's pretty good. That's 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 pretty good, but I I'm way short of my goal, and I underestimated how many how many horror movies that I would get to this month. <laughs> uh, which I thought it was like, yeah, that that sounds like insane for a, a regular person, but I feel like I could do it. I could do thirty one movies in thirty one days, but yeah, I can't. So uh, you'd have to do ten in the next uh, three days. Yeah, which. It's possible. It's definitely possible. But will I be have the motivation maybe to do me, it? Probably maybe for not. me, but you have a, jo- a job. John has a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And I, I may or may not have watched movies on the job before, especially during Shelter in Place right now. But, uh, but yeah, even even ten. <laughs> while ten on the job. On the job. <laughs> I, I don't know if I would get anything done then. <laughs> <laughs> I can see one, one or two, but yeah, ten, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm still, I'm still pretty proud of, uh, of the watches. This for me is probably one of my worst uh, horror <sighs> years that I've ever had. Not, not that wow. I've ever had, but like <laughs> in the past few years, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the world's scary enough for Luke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just freaking out every day. Um, but yeah, in previous years, like specifically, I was getting really into horror, and um, I've I've told you that um, October. I've told a lot of people this. October is historically just one of my laziest months these yeah. past few years, and. A lot of what I've done in the past few years is just watch movies during October. Um, and so, like, a lot of the ones that I've seen and rave about now um, have been from previous October um, binges. But, you know, this one wasn't too bad. I'm going to try to do a lot more in the next few days. Maybe even do 10. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah, not, not not bad, not bad, October. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely, I think over the past couple of years, I've gotten more and more into doing, you know, like the horror movie binge for the month of October. Um, but yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I've I've been getting more and more into Halloween in general, which is, which is weird because I've I've never like, I've never disliked Halloween, but I've also never been like a huge like Halloween guy. But yeah, I was in the past Adulthood, couple of years. For some reason, it catches it, on. So. Yeah, maybe it maybe it makes me feel like a kid. As all again. other yeah, holidays kind of get shittier, Halloween gets a lot yeah. better for some reason. Yeah, you know, like Thanksgiving and Christmas, like we have to make plans and stuff. Yeah. With family and what? Yeah, and, and yeah, Halloween. Yeah. I feel like it's because just, just enjoy it. October is one of those months where you can exclusively um, pin it as a cinema month. And like, totally. and it's all about yeah. movies. 
and yeah. there's something about like horror movies and movies that are related to Halloween um that I think um I think like aesthetically those like get those age well when like Christmas movies are all um uh <laughs> corny and childhood like and commercial mm-hmm. and kind of get shittier as time goes on. Yeah. And there are way more uh quality horror movies than there are quality christmas movies (laughs) i would like to see someone maybe we'll have to find a guest who can who's all about christmas (laughs) movies as well yeah that'll be a good debate uh, yeah yeah the uh, take on horror movies like uh john carpenter versus uh chris columbus yeah exactly yeah (laughs) yeah yeah That, that that's my that's my hot take. I'm not afraid to say it. So, uh, yeah, if anyone out there disagrees, come at me. I'm ready. Come at me, bro. <laughs> come at me, bro. Uh, yeah, so I guess we'll – let's get into uh, – yeah, this is sort of our Halloween horror movie bender for the month of October. Uh, what should we start with? Should we start with uh, what we watched together towards the beginning of the month? Yeah. So yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so there's a there's another surprise there's another addition to the Cinnabums Film Festival if you yes. are informed enough to know what that is um but yeah uh, Cinnabums Film Festival After Dark <laughs> ex- ex- where we watched a scary yeah movie. exactly yeah. we decided to uh, rewatch Carrie um which is mm-hmm. a favorite of ours um, we talk about Brian De Palma a lot on this. Sh- on this show in fact uh john just reposted our carrie versus carrie episode of last year Um, yes also known as sissy spacek versus chloe grace moretz and julianne moore versus whoever plays the mom in the old carrie (laughs) yeah Um, that old crazy lady in the original one yeah and i think that i thought that was a fun episode but at the same time um I'm currently, I feel um, like a weight has been lifted off where I don't have to talk about the Carrie remake and I can just talk yeah. about the De Palma Carrie. Because uh, I remember when we just were. Pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah. And because I remember when yeah. we were fi- um, recording that episode, I was just like, I really wanted to talk more about the De Palma carry yeah. because on what, like, I think it's easier uh, to talk about a shitty movie sometimes, but like what, mm-hmm. but on like, what's more memorable and what, like, you know, uh, what movie sinks into my veins more is uh, the De Palma carry. And I, I just like, mm-hmm. I remember I really wanted to talk about it more because, uh, yeah, the re- Carrie remake is one of those forgettable, like almost feels like a made-for-TV, just like uh, there's no reason to watch again movies, and almost like yeah. feels like a waste of time type of movies. So definitely, yeah. yeah. The longer I so don't why would watch you watch again, ever watch that yeah. one? <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. The longer I, the longer I don't watch that again, the better probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why would you ever watch that one when there is? like the it's all like the same exact scenes the same same movie shot for shot but just just gone horribly wrong just with all the wrong choices so yeah why would you why would you even pay attention to that when you you have a perfectly amazing one 
made in the 70s that you could watch so yeah what i really like like on rewatching carrie especially is um kind of how like the mom is uh kind of in a way the villain for most of the movie but in the end like ever in a way everything she says that as absurd as it was and how um played out as it is um ends up kind of just being right how carrie ends up kind of being the devil in a way uh yeah that that whole thing that is all like is always a trip for me it's, it's it was not at all what i expected when i first watched it and now when rewatching it i i know it's coming and it's just still like i'm just still kind of in awe of what just happened and uh and yeah how she is she's like they're just gonna make fun of you they're gonna make fun of you and then that's yeah basically how it how it turns out uh yeah it's 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 terrifying um yeah you kind of eventually at that prom you kind of see like the high school kids through uh carrie's mom carrie's mom's lens in a mm -hmm. way and so i think i think it's just like it's just really genius how kind of like um i don't know inner inner high school cool and clickiness is kind of turned into like i don't know this this evil or something this thing you should stay away from yeah yeah definitely and just that scene uh where you know it's it's silent and uh you know the teacher is noticing that something's off carrie and her date are you know they're getting their crowns and everything and it's all just in slow motion and uh, that Oh, um, the build up towards the yeah, bucket. the build up towards the yeah, bucket that, of blood. That build up is is uh, yeah, it's much longer than um, I remember. Yeah, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so long. It just it shows you just these little details, just building up the anticipation and yeah. anxiety, mm -hmm. and yeah, and then it just uh, yeah, it just goes. I don't know if if you're not expecting it. Like I remember the first time I saw it too. I uh i after the you know the aftermath of the prom i still had to let that sink in for a while as to what just happened and what carrie just did and uh yeah just yeah. all that anticipation leading up to it just adds so much to it yeah and, but like you said too i'm watching it now it's just like now i'm familiar with everything i can i just like take it yeah. in yeah it is like a classic it's to me now yeah it's very like complex in a way, but at the same time, especially when you, it's one that becomes more simple mm -hmm. as you watch it. Yeah, more. yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and that was just one I, I definitely could, could watch whenever. Like I was at, you know, I was at my parents' house and it was on TV, and I just watched, you know, good twenty, thirty minutes of it while it was on TV. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's one <laughs> yeah, of those. Just the jump mm -hmm. in. Yeah uh so yeah i mean the and our if you want to hear yeah, even more yeah. carrie talk um also about the yeah. remake it's Ooh. in the re-release from this week but uh yeah that's one of the cinema's yeah. favorites yeah we obviously can't recommend it highly enough so if you haven't seen it Do check it. it out all right well uh, well, my next movie, Moving I guess, uh, is also a rewatch. It was like um, I got the rewatch bug. As I told you, I'm trying to um, rewatch movies more yeah, often. Mm -hmm. uh, and 
I got the rewatch bug after Carrie, and um, I watched uh, I watched Twin Peaks Firewalk <sighs> with Me uh, again. Um, which I, I mean, I must say, like I just raved about Carrie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I must say that this Twin Peaks Firewalk with Me rewatch was. <laughs> the watch of uh, this October wow. for me. Um, I think I started it at like 1130 at night and it was like, it was one of those where like, I didn't, I just like casually sat down to rewatch mm-hmm. it and without really realizing like what I was doing, mm-hmm. um, just like watching it late at night all alone <laughs> Because it was a very that's, terrifying experience. That's scary, yeah. <laughs> and I had some, like, goosebumps for sure walking up the <laughs> stairs that night, returning to, like, the real world. I was, like, just thinking about what I just experienced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, not witness, because you, you experience this movie. You don't, yeah, you're not a bystander. This movie kind of, like, injects it, injects your... Uh, itself into your into your blood that's yeah. for sure um and i so i've only seen the movie once actually i saw it another time but that doesn't it doesn't really count because i hadn't um i didn't know what was <laughs> going on uh, um because i hadn't seen the, uh, the series yet. series yeah yep and so i know you've also seen this movie yep. once mm-hmm. right yeah so on rewatch uh for me this movie just kind of like destroyed my soul. <laughs> I think is like the best way way to describe what happened when I rewatched wow. this. That's quite um, a quote. So it was <laughs> it was like a d- <laughs> deep yeah, bro. Deep. Um, <laughs> so it was like wow, it was like a different um it was definitely a different type of fear. So it wasn't like Oh my God! Is there someone mm. behind me? You know that kind of fear, but it just made me uh, feel very um, unsettled yeah, underneath, exactly. and it was yeah. just a very much more of a a spiritual fear um, in a way that uh, <laughs> I don't know. I can't I can't think of a lot of horror movies that do that yeah. <laughs> that yeah that give you like a spiritual fear because. Um, as this movie ends and as like like kind of the spirit of Laura Palmer is like in the the red room kind of like like growling furiously at like Agent Cooper um and that and he holds on that last shot uh right after you see the eventual murder of Laura mm-hmm. Palmer um it they, I don't know something something happens something happens that takes you on that really, uh, yeah, it, that make really brings the experience together and really fucks you up God, inside. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's definitely one of the, like, one of the crowning achievements of David Lynch because it is something else. It is an indescribable movie. Yeah, right. It's it's so hard to like really pick apart everything about that movie, and it is really like yeah you experience it but i i think something like twin peaks firewalk with me is more terrifying than uh than you know 
some like supernatural like ghost story or a uh or even like a slasher movie like something like twin peaks where uh it just it makes you feel so uneasy and uh and yeah i don't know it just it scares me more than than i would say i just a typical horror movie would i think it's also since like you can't describe the fear that you're feeling is also the extra extra creepy part about it you know like everyone uses that word uh lynching and surreal surreal and Mm -hmm. whatever and i think it's because it is like surreal and it's um indescribable that um when the fear you're feeling is like uh you're you're much more uh afraid of that fear yeah it's yeah it's so hard to just wrap your head around everything and i honestly i was thinking about watching this and the main reason i i haven't again is because i feel like i watched it so recently because i've watched it within the past year or whenever uh but yeah yeah hearing you talk about it now i'm i'm thinking that might need to be one of my 10 10 that i watch <laughs> tomorrow yeah i mean just be prepared for uh what you're getting yeah. into and uh possibly convince carly to watch oh, yeah, it with you be because feat. yeah yeah <laughs> I don't know if I I I don't know if I would watch it alone again. I I probably wouldn't watch it alone again in like in a basement. Uh, and then yeah, what, I can totally <laughs> see what you mean by like walking up the stairs like uneasy yeah after watching oh that. yeah i had to walk up like my uh, yeah. entire house that's There's definitely thing. a couple of movies that i've seen uh this past month where i was thinking like eh, you know i'm kind of over like being like scared after i watch a movie you know like after i'm just like yeah it's over it was a movie but then i was like no no i just haven't seen like genuinely scary movie in a while i think because that definitely happened yeah and me. i and i think so you, you have to like rewatch yeah. them as mm-hmm. well in order to get that goosebumps yeah but i yeah i totally got i came back down to earth uh after a couple of movies and i was like oh yeah no i'm i'm scared to look out the window right now uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. the idea man these next few days i'm really just gonna try to make sure i'm just scared of anything <laughs> i just want to feel something <laughs> just like i just walk around with just fear <laughs> and paranoia <Yeah. laughs> dripping not that i don't me. do that every day regardless <laughs> but yeah it's just even more yeah. so yeah <laughs> uh awesome yeah twin peaks uh all right should i go into one of mine now all right yeah uh uh let's see okay i'll go with actually i'm gonna go with the one that i've seen most recently um because it uh apparently had an influence on david lynch and uh i think you could see why so uh what i watched last night was carnival of souls um on hbo max and yeah i saw you yeah i didn't know much about carnival of souls i had uh i guess i had read a couple things about it that yeah it had was a big inspiration for george romero and david lynch and uh a lot of people really like it so and it's only you know like it's less than 90 minutes so i was like perfect this would be a nice nice easy watch for uh for the night and i have to say uh it's it's probably the scariest movie that i've seen this month so far 
uh, or what scared me <laughs> the most and uh, i was not expecting that is it um what decade uh, is it 1962 from again? uh directed by herc oh, harvey okay. who honestly i think he's just done uh like some other small uh short films not not any real like big movies besides carnival of souls um but uh he also is uh i think he's in the movie too yeah he is in the movie as the man which is one of the scariest characters uh that i've seen in some time some time uh so Mm. carnival of souls um it's basically this uh, this woman played by Candace Hillegoss um, is uh, like right in the beginning. It throws you into this, uh, um, you know, into this scene where what's her name? Mary, I believe. Yeah, Mary is in a car with her friend, and these, uh, you know, as they did in the fifties and sixties, uh, you know, these in like all these movies, uh, these boys drive up next to them, and they're like, "Hey, you girls want to race?" You know, and they're just like, yeah, we'll race. And then they yeah. race their cars and there's a terrible accident. And uh, and Mary's car goes off a cliff and into the water. And um, miraculously, Car- uh, Mary survives while her friend uh, doesn't. And uh, then uh, the, the rest of the movie, uh, you know, Mary ends up taking a job as a church organist. She's trying to put that whole incident behind her and uh she moves to to utah i believe and the the rest of the movie is a very haunting and unsettling atmospheric um psychological horror movie that's uh just like twin peaks uh or you know any david lynch movie it's just very unsettling throughout the entire the entire movie and you're not always quite sure uh you know what some of the symbols mean at first um and over time you, you start to develop more of an understanding as you get to learn more about mary and uh there's yeah there's a lot of different themes and things you can take away from uh from carnival of souls at the end and some of it you know you almost don't want to say because it almost gives more things away that uh and yeah it's definitely seeing it for the first time without knowing too much um really really did a lot for me i think because i absolutely loved it um but then uh but herc harvey plays uh called the man and he uh, just it's this old this old like makeup and uh creepy looking guy that it basically is stalking mary throughout the whole movie uh, and there's different interpretations that you can make of uh, of him and everything. And um, I think there's a lot to do with mental illness in this uh, as well, where she's very, you know, disassociated uh, and distant from the rest of the world. Uh, you know, she kind of she doesn't really connect with people well, uh, and it's almost like she's in her in her own little world, and she she. Uh, just doesn't know how to function in normal society uh, and part of part of it you can see is you know from the incident that she had um, but uh, yeah what I'd also say about it is that it's very it's a very simple uh, movie too and e- easy to easy to get into and, and and I guess wrap your head around the themes but um, as it goes on there's you know sort of more revelations that happen in the end that 
I don't think are totally shocking, but they still work so much because, uh, yeah, I think it's just like really profound and the atmosphere of everything is really haunting and terrifying. And there's some scenes that I was super, super scared in, uh, yeah, I know. I really, I really love Carnival of <laughs> Souls, and it's out of out of all the movies that I've seen for the first time this month. This one is, and I know it's the most recent one I've seen, but it's still, I think, uh, sat with me, the most. Um, yeah, because there's so many different the- themes you can take away from it, and well, the you know the most obvious thing that you might uh, that you might think of, um, while it definitely could work, but I feel like there's so many more layers beneath it too that it's not not as simple as it may seem on the surface but uh i think when watching this too you can totally see how a guy like david lynch would be um inspired by something like this um so yeah i i think you'd i think you'd like it too and it's on hbo max and criterion yeah i mean i'm since you like five started i'm tempted to add it to my horror <laughs> watch list for the next few days that i that is huge well not huge but mm-hmm. huge for a few days yeah i think if you if you want a good scare i was i was for sure scared and yeah well it's not like um it's not like you know this amazing these amazing effects and 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 makeup that you see in some horror movies you know it, it's definitely not the level of uh like night of the living dead or you know some other zombie type movies but the I, it fits so well with uh, the atmosphere of the movie uh and it's so terrifying yet so yeah so um simple at the same time yeah i, I really loved it yeah that's uh that's carnival of souls probably my favorite my favorite watch of uh of october so far nice um I think a a movie we could get into after this um, that we both uh, watched. It's a 2020 October movie. Oh. The Adam Sandman uh, Netflix film, Hubie Hubie. Halloween. Yes. Yes, I was hoping we would talk about this. I think what's funny is, like, um, everyone watched this. Oh, yeah. I think there's just so many people out there. Like I, I, it's just like such a cliche at this point. How many times I hear someone complain? If I hear someone complain about Adam Sandler, I just like <laughs> don't know what to say anymore because it's just uh-huh. the most overdone thing. You're like Adam Sandler's movies suck. Tell oh, they're me, so stupid. Think yeah. of how many movies Adam Sandler's made? You know they all <laughs> suck. And like if I ever say that I like, uh you know like him and think he's an awesome person to have in the industry i'm all people are people always kind of i don't know don't understand they want me to like really explain and um mm-hmm. i don't know fight fight for him and it's it, it is hard to defend a lot of those bad movies that's for sure yeah but totally. like i don't know i guess even then i try sometimes because i'm like hey he's just like he's make just trying to make us laugh and you know yeah. have fun have what's fun so bad about friends. that yeah <laughs> yeah he just wants to go on vacation with his buddies and then do a movie yeah but, people but there's definitely there's definitely a stigma about it like why doesn't he always do something like that it's like he's yeah. not gonna always do something <laughs> like that like no one does yeah right yeah i can't imagine seeing a happy madison productions movie 
like uncut gems ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, I don't know. However, um, I think that with Huey Halloween, I think that there there might have been some uh maybe creative input from like some of the, some of the there's been some people in Sandler's corner maybe telling him to like I don't know change it up in a in a way cuz I felt he I found Hubie Halloween to be very refreshing and um I actually enjoyed it a lot and I can't say that about any Happy Madison project <laughs> for like the past decade almost yeah um and so I don't know. I I kind of think like my theory is that like how um Adam Sandler 100% fresh his comedy special was um how Paul Thomas Anderson was a like an advisor on that, you know, gave him advice. I I like to think that maybe like the Safdie brothers might have told Adam Sandler, hey, you know, maybe you should do like a 90s type thing. And he was probably like, no, no, people don't want that. He's like, of course people want that. And then because like he goes all like Sandler goes all in on this, like on his 90s type or like on just like a, or you know, just him doing like a goofy character. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is something he has not done in forever. I feel like he's just been playing himself. Definitely in his persona in movies. Um, and it, like the, the, like what I loved about this movie is how committed he is to the ridiculousness of just the character he's playing. <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel like, uh, Adam Sandler is so self-aware that people don't, you know, give him credit for, like, they think that he's so out of touch and doesn't know that, uh, you know, people, shit on his movies his you know newer movies so much uh, yeah i mean and, h- how could he not know yeah right <laughs> and he's a, he is a smart guy and yeah yeah he commits so hard to this and for some reason i i also really enjoyed hubie halloween and i i think part of it is i was uh you know i was like i was stressed out cuz we were you know we were getting ready to like pack up and leave and we're with my parents and I, it's a good I suggest movie before a long drive. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I suggested we watch this and I know that my parents were, uh, you know, with Carly and my parents and my parents were a little hesitant because it's Adam Sandler and it's like, Oh, this is just going to be, you know, stupid or whatever. But it was exactly what I needed that night because mm-hmm. For yeah, for some reason, I I know it wasn't it was not the greatest movie. <laughs> There's a lot of jokes that really did not land at all. But I, for this movie felt made me feel so good by the end of it, and yeah. I had such a good time with it that, uh, yeah, I didn't even I didn't even care. And uh, yeah, I thought, um, I thought they they committed so well to everything that, um, yeah, you could still find things to enjoy you can still find things to enjoy about adam sandler's character no matter how dumb he is Uh, yeah 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 i found i found like i found it kind of a there was a a usual like uh thing where it did feel like the movie was written in like an hour like that sort of thing um yeah but yeah for some reason this movie uh, how committed it is to like just the ridiculousness 
of especially even of like of the plot um mm-hmm. <laughs> and um there's yeah i don't know this movie just was hilarious just it was hilarious is it like it just like the the invite the vibe like worked uh yeah. for me it, it, mm-hmm. it wasn't dry uh yeah which they usually are and i mean and he always has access to like talent so mm-hmm. like i don't know for the vibe to be dry ever i don't see why that's the case um like even like his mom in this movie just like yeah. every time i saw her like i was just like well, this is fucking hilarious that that's his mom <laughs> right yeah <laughs> like there's this one shot of her just looking like looking off the porch like super worried and i just like i was just i remember <laughs> i like shook my head just like i can't believe this is his fucking mom <laughs> yeah and there there's so many like gags throughout throughout it too that uh i feel like normally some some of these could be like tiresome or old but i i laughed pretty much every time i saw his mom when she's wearing like a different t-shirt yeah yeah she was wearing yeah she was wearing like i don't know shirt that say like cocksuckers on it or something i'm just like what the fuck is even the point of this and and, and, and she looks like the and she's wearing these like just vulgar shirts for no reason at all and she looks like like I forget what this actress's name is, but yeah, she's like remember, the sweetest yeah. looking old woman like <laughs> yeah. he, I've ever seen yeah. in my life. Yeah, and then yeah, she just every single scene she has a different T-shirt that has some like inadvertently vulgar. It, it, on one end, you're on laughing it. at it because it's like surprising, yeah. and then you see her face. But then another end, I'm laughing because like I'm like I can't believe Sandler did it did this to this woman just like yeah, her right. for yeah. some stupid <laughs> a stupid joke. Yeah, yeah, and it was it's but so I, dumb, I, but, but I, I still it. thought it was yeah <laughs> right. Yeah, and same with his uh, like his thermos. There's always a gag with his thermos. Like really, he yeah he had like it was a flashlight. He had soup in it. Uh, it it was like so many different tools in one. That is like anytime he used his thermos for like something oh, yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. it was. He'd be I thought it was so funny. Filling up yeah. like soup in his thermos. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just like there, like it's totally not a moment where someone would want soup, and he's like, "Oh, you want some soup?" Yeah. And yeah, he just yeah, like yeah. pours out some soup. It's for some reason I yeah I and like when I watched the, it I loved that yeah. The actress, the the um the female uh, love interest in the movie is like into Julie the Bowen, fact yeah. that he's like got <laughs> soup and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that too. That, that I I love too. That it um, I don't know this this movie. I felt like uh, could get away with with so much more than some of his other recent movies. Uh, whereas even um, the love interest Julie Bowen, like she didn't seem there. There was something off with her head too. Uh, like she is this like seemingly like normal woman uh, who you know has has great family and everything. Um, but for some reason she's so infatuated with uh, this yeah, idiot yeah. it's hilarious yeah, yeah i thought that yeah that was funny too how in love she was with this guy he's like when well, it makes I, no I, sense it's at like a hundred percent like she's into like his responsibility like <laughs> yeah because yeah. <laughs> yeah, on halloween just, he's, he's so like nice. on halloween for some reason the, like it's never explained but he always 
feels like he's got to take care of the town on Halloween yeah. for some reason. And I don't know why. It's just like, it's just such an intro. It's just such a random character they concocted. Just like a, a guy who seems mentally challenged, who like takes care of everyone on Halloween. And he gets like, he always rides his bike through the street and gets uh, things thrown at him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, just, yeah, a lot of great cameos too. Uh, um, yeah, I'm looking at the cast list now, and I so Tim Meadows and Maya Rudolph's characters. Their names are <laughs> Mister Mister and Mrs. Hennessy. <laughs> it's like Mister Lester Hennessy and Mrs. Hennessy. Um, and then I remember, the, and their cameo is hilarious. Yeah, they were great, and yes, it's all like you know funny people that like my no matter how a, dumb it is, they're gonna make me laugh. Yeah, you know, like Tim Meadows keeps going like, too. you're not giving me shit. <laughs> I'm not getting anything. <laughs> yeah. And my Rudolph's like, yeah, of course you're not getting anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're just bickering the whole time. Yeah. And uh, uh, also enjoyed Steve Buscemi's character uh, yeah. in this too. Yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, I never got tired of seeing like, you know, the cameos either. Yeah, there's something I like you. I I kept forgetting about this one bit. I always forget that Shaq's in the movie. Yeah, and that yeah. he's like he kisses like he's like making out with like a fat girl or something, and that's the his bit. wife is like like a total opposite of Shaq. You know, it's like this like middle aged white woman who, uh, yeah, it just seems you, uh, there's no way that uh her and Shaq would ever get together. Yeah. And then she has like a super low, like low type of voice. And then Shaq can put on like his radio voice and it's like that woman. Yeah. Like that, yeah, yeah. Young and, woman you, voice. and he's kind of been obsessed with um, the radio host, like his whole life. Yeah. It's uh-huh. like how it works. Yeah. And it, yeah, there's that when you first see him and he like turns his head and he's talking into the mic with that. Yeah. With the, his woman voice yeah yeah it's just so yeah there's some some parts where they're just so ridiculous but it still works yeah yeah and i love i just love how um like the movie ends it just kind of caps it off with uh hubie dubois makes a speech where he goes like <laughs> i know we've dealt with a lot but it's halloween and <laughs> this is what it's about <laughs> And I just I just love that he just kept saying it's Halloween, and was, and then like for the next couple of days I was just walking around going like Happy Halloween. It's just like a new type of voice you can that you can uh, mimic from a movie. Oh, and wait, one more thing I want to say about it is uh, whenever Adam Sandler is going through when he's going through the haunted house, uh, that had me dying. And oh yeah! I thought yes. it was brilliant that they had it, that the character is kind of like a spaz that gets scared at it. he he gets like jump scared at everything like throughout the movie, um because there's no not actually really anything scary in the movie but just like it's kind of like a thing that the character just gets scared <laughs> of everything. He's just a big spaz. Um, so when he's walking through the um, haunted house and just like something will pop out and he's like. Yeah! <laughs> he's just like it's hilarious it's great comedic yeah that i i for sure laughed super hard (laughs) and he's just like 
and the workers the workers eventually are just like get this guy out of here just running around the haunted house like for freaking the fuck out yeah i forgot about that i i laughed real hard at at some of the times when he got scared yeah um it's one of those that's like um on my 2020 list and is actually like kind of it's like it's kind of high because it's i haven't seen enough <laughs> right? 2020 yeah. movies so it's like in the top 10 oh yeah it's for sure in my top 10 now too yeah so if I this were any normal year it wouldn't be but yeah yeah oh, who nice. knows it could be interesting uh uh as the 2020 list wraps up how long how where hubie halloween's placement is yeah it, when it's all said and done maybe maybe sandler will finally win his uh win his oscar his oscar this year (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't have as much competition this year so he's like thank you very much (laughs) yeah all right well uh okay here i'll go with uh not that every every time we transition from a movie it has to be related but uh, I'll relate this one somehow as it is also a comedy um, comedy type of horror movie, uh, and that's Death Becomes Her, which uh, is a Robert Zemeckis film that I... Oh, yeah, I saw you watch this too. I had not heard of until uh, HBO Max came out and i, I didn't know it. robert zemeckis made any horror movie at, ever because right? you never think of him like that yeah and, and i'm surprised this one isn't as big of a deal as um some of his other movies because he's i mean he's done a ton of yeah is uh, it uh insane similar quality i would say so he's done you know a lot of uh like a lot of his movies are so big just in pop culture you know, Forrest Gump, All the Back to the Futures, Castaway, Roger Rabbit. Uh, yeah, Polar I mean, Express. he 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 makes movies that um, they catch wind, like people, like the word the word gets out, everyone yeah. knows about him. Yeah, right. I mean, since he did Back to the Future and Forrest Gump, you know, everyone's gonna. Um, it's an easy sell for him just to the yeah. the mainstream audience, but he's made some duds recently too, but, uh, oh, for sure. <laughs> I don't like the polar express. Uh, that's <laughs> not one of my favorite. Yeah. See, that's, uh, that's a, there's a bad Christmas movie there. Uh, makes <laughs> that debate, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I really liked death becomes her. It's, um, and yeah, the reason I'm, I'm surprised it's not as big of a, I don't know, big of a movie just in, in pop culture in general is because I thought it was uh, really good and it felt like it just felt like it would be one of these popular uh, movies from the 90s that, um, you know, people would watch around Halloween time or it'd be on cable, um, you know, in the month of October because um, it uh, it was definitely uh, definitely a comedy um, and definitely uh, a comedy from the 90s it, it very much felt like that but uh yeah I, basically it's it's goldie hahn meryl streep bruce willis so three of the biggest stars not only now but in 1992 uh pretty huge and uh bruce willis 
you know, breaks off his relationship with Goldie Hawn, uh, and he falls in love with Meryl Streep, who's this, uh, you know, actress, and um, and their their marriage pretty much goes uh, down in the dumps, and uh, Goldie Hawn and Meryl Streep are basically just rivals for Bruce Willis. They're very thirsty <laughs> for Bruce Willis, and uh, uh, yeah, Goldie Hawn um, takes this. Or uh, not Goldie Hawn. Um, Meryl Streep takes this potion to become, uh, you know, like uh, she'll never, she'll you know, she'll never die. She'll her body will always be perfect for as long as she lives and whatever. And it's definitely you know she's like an aging star who's, uh, you know, feeling like she's not getting as uh, as many great roles anymore. Uh, mm. And. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't want to. I guess give give too much away of the movie because you kind of get the gist. But uh, the uh, the effects in this movie are really great, uh, and I I was just shocked to see. Uh, I don't know the the comedic chops of all of these um, actors together. I mean, obviously, I think Goldie Hawn's done done a bunch of a bunch of comedies, but Bruce Willis he he's not some you know like macho action hero guy in this movie he's very much uh um just a goofy goofy guy that uh you know these women are infatuated with and goldie hans trying to bring him back uh and uh yeah there are some really great effects in this um that really add to the um to the comedy of the the whole movie too and um it also it also can be kind of it's it's gets a little spooky too it definitely leans just more on the the comedy side than horror side, but mm. um, yeah, yeah, I, I thought it was a, a fun, fun '90s uh, '90s comedy that uh, I, for me at least, has been under the radar since I really haven't uh, haven't heard much about it. Um, and Isabella Rossellini is in it too, as sort oh of hell this, yeah, yeah, she's like this uh, sort of mystical. Um, she's almost like a sorceress that uh you know that gives Meryl Streep this um potion and uh yeah her character is really interesting and her the you know, the whole world that she's in uh too is really fascinating but uh yeah it's a really fun movie HBO Max um yeah this is definitely one I'm going to try to watch because it has like a lot of just things I look for when trying to watch a movie like uh May you know one like a director and two like a crew of people that I know mm-hmm. and like a lot so and just an interesting combo like Willis and Streep yeah. is a really yeah, cool right. combo for me so yeah I I really am gonna try to watch this one I was I was totally kidding about Carnival of Souls I actually am gonna watch this one <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah Death Becomes Her is a it's a it's an easy watch yeah it's uh. Yeah, just just a, a good a good time at the cinema, you know. <laughs> it's a good movie. But uh yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, getting good recommendations tonight. Yeah. <laughs> There's still time before Halloween. Alright, so the next movie I'm gonna talk about it's not totally a horror movie, but I'm gonna talk about it anyways. Um, I this is I still haven't talked about a new movie actually Hubie Halloween so never mind. Um, but it's another rewatch. Uh, 
I've watched uh, Rear Window again. Ah, uh, yes. And it's not at all a horror movie, but mm. it has a lot of suspenseful moments, and I just thought I, w- I wanted to talk about it because I still think it brings out, like, maybe I think some people might consider this, like, a Halloween October-type movie just because of the fact that there's a murder involved and there is a lot of uh, feelings of suspense and just cause it's Hitchcock. Um, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, I just want to bring it up cause I just watched it again and, uh, you know, was able to gaze on, uh, the brilliance of rear window and, uh, <laughs> uh, like everything, like the set design and how it's like, you know, all of it's really a movie about filmmaking and how like James Stewart's apartment and his, and his uh, camera is like looking through a lens within a lens of a movie and all that shit. Um, and uh, how Grace Kelly is fucking awesome in this movie. Uh, it was just really one of those types of watches where I'm like, what a great movie. You know, this movie's great. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I always go through the, you know, those top Hitchcock movies and I always I'm always like which one is my favorite and I, it's really it's really hard for me uh to pick honestly Same. um I, mm-hmm. I I I don't think I really can but I will say that while Rear Window may not be my favorite I think Rear Window is like to I think it's like maybe Hitchcock's uh most unique film um and maybe mm-hmm. the one that I'm most uh intrigued by for sure because mm-hmm. this is it's a really it's a really fascinating work and um i think there's um i i just think there's like thing there's creative things he's doing that aren't as uh like obvious as maybe something like vertigo uh yeah, yeah. i th- i feel like rear window is the the one that i of his that i've seen the most and yeah i don't know i'm just always drawn back to to seeing it for any uh, anything new I can take away from it? Any you know new details that I any details that I missed on a previous viewing? But yeah, I yeah. always I always get torn between like the top four for me, you know like North by Northwest, Vertigo, Rear Window, and Psycho. Uh, I get I get torn between those, but yeah, Rear Window is just uh, yeah, it's just so so fascinating how he can take that that's such a basic sort of concept and construct the story that he does and and build up the tension that he does too it's yeah i'll, I'll never I think get like tired of watching so it what's so different about it is like say vertigo and north by northwest there's a lot of characters on the move yeah mm-hmm. and rear window it's just it's just not at all it's just like him and that him and that telescope or camera lens just looking into different just peering into different scenes that you see throughout and, and mm-hmm. i don't know it's just so it's just so cool yeah it is yeah and then uh grace kelly is so great in the two and yeah it's you know uh i mean there's obviously like a lot of symbolism too and he's you know stuck in this wheelchair at home and uh he's he's talking about not wanting to you know settle down and and everything and, and grace kelly really is telling him all the all the things that uh that yeah. really he he needs to hear or that he needs and it's like you know everything he needs is like right here in front of him and she's like presenting that to him and she 
and and it's just hard for him to accept all yeah. that. Yeah, but... it's very sem- similar to the dynamic in. Oh, you haven't seen that yet. Um, have you have you seen Phantom Thread yet? No, I haven't seen it yet. So I would yeah. not I would not be surprised if like. There was a lot of inspiration from Rear Window for Phantom Thread, just from the dynamic of um, that dynamic you just described between Stuart and Kelly. I would not mm-hmm. be surprised if that was like, um, if they were inspired by that for Phantom Thread. Wow. That's all like that. Phantom Thread takes like what you just talked about um, to like another stratosphere. <laughs> That's like the whole thing of Phantom Thread. God, um, yeah. But yeah, that is like another like yeah, yeah, really good thing in Rear Window. Yeah, nice. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, all right, you got one now. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, well yeah, I guess I'll. Uh, wow, well, I because you you said you watched nineteen, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm not. So, I'm not gonna go through all nineteen. So no need to hold back now. <laughs> Uh, I will talk about uh, what was my my favorite, I guess, my favorite first watch of uh, October uh, until Carnival of Souls. And I'm getting these transitions down, or these segues. It, <laughs> it segues perfectly from Rear Window. I'm relating this very well <laughs> to the last thing again. Yes, uh, because the, the movie that I watched is called Peeping Tom. Yeah, I saw you watch that, and I was like, huh, what is that? <laughs> yeah, and this is another one uh, that I uh, hadn't really known much about, um, but I uh, I saw it was on Amazon Prime. I think it might it might be on Criterion Channel, too, so I'd just seen it a couple times, and I was just looking through, like, you know, the horror movies that are streaming places, and I looked it up on Letterboxd, and all these people... Uh, you know, giving it like four and a half, five stars. So I was like, okay, this this seems like a good under the radar movie that I haven't uh, heard too much about before. And uh, yeah, I I loved it. I think uh, I don't I don't think I'm out of line by saying that it is uh, somewhat Hitchcockian in so, in certain ways too. And uh, let, let me let me read the plot from here too uh, from Letterboxd. Uh, loner Mark Lewis works at a film studio during the day and at night takes racy photographs of women. Uh, also, he's making a documentary on fear, which involves recording the reactions of victims as he murders them. So <clears throat> basically from there and from the very first scene of the movie, uh, you you know exactly, uh, exactly who the killer is and what's uh, going on um, in this sort of peeping Tom, as I would definitely say, is like a slasher film um but uh but it's still um it is still so captivating to watch throughout yeah so uh throughout the movie you start to learn more about um about mark and how he sort of became the way that he is and he um so yeah he 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 basically he films these women as he's murdering them for his documentary on fear uh, to show that and uh, as time progresses and uh, you know the more the the more women that he murders he becomes uh, which really doesn't you know it's it's not like there's like hundreds uh, throughout the movie but 
um, he becomes more and more paranoid um, of of being caught by different people and um, and he's very very much just a, a very odd quiet guy uh, and there's almost uh, when you when you really find out more like about his backstory you kind of empathize with him a little more not that it justifies him murdering people in any way but uh, I think it does a lot for the character and uh, and that it makes everything a little more uh, meaningful uh, in a way but uh, he ends up befriending this woman who lives in his building and um, yeah yeah that that adds more to the tension and and to the understanding of uh, of his character but yeah it's a really uh, just a really well done thriller and uh the 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 lead actor is so good at playing this uh this this loner guy and uh the end of it i think is really uh like profound too and um yeah just a really solid uh solid slasher thriller movie um that i that i think any sort of you know cinephile or film buff would really like um because that has a lot to do with um uh yeah a lot to do with i would say the the film industry and entertainment industry too so uh yeah peeping tom is a very uh uh, a very big recommendation for me uh for a a spooky movie this halloween (laughs) (laughs) you've got man that's three like three in a row there kind of new movies that i haven't seen that's all sound really great so yeah, these past Props. few days have been has been great for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I actually to to go off that I I was really kind of bummed last week because I was like, man, I started to see all these like horror movies, and uh, the ones that I've really liked have just been the ones that I've rewatched. Like I want to I want to see some that really like I really love that I've seen for the first time. Mm. So yeah, I've. I've crushed it the past couple of days. So this is my first. Yeah. My next one is one of one of the first new ones I'm talking about, and it's a movie uh, that you've seen. Ooh. I actually talked about once on an on an episode. Uh, it's Nicholas Rogue's Don't Look Now. And I I remember like mm. I kind of remember like yes. everything you said about the movie, um, and. So I thought I would watch. I didn't even go into it thinking like I'm watching necessarily like a horror movie. And I think at the time I had seen just like performance. Uh, that's the only Nick Rogue movie I've seen. So I'm still uh, I'm still pretty new to Nick Rogue. Um, but I recall you telling me that Don't Look Now has had a very uh, not really shocking ending, but an ending that uh, you don't really expect um, and. I, another another friend was actually talking to me about uh, don't look now because I told him I was watching. And he's like, oh, I won't. Uh, he's like, I won't spoil it then. So I had a feeling about this. Uh, this some you know the ending was gonna hit me with something, but I didn't know what. And uh, yeah, this ending does. The ending of uh, don't look now does really make uh, the film uh, for me. And it definitely brings it all together, like the idea of the atmospheric, like uh, horror, uh, um, the horror uh, aura that it has in 
in Venice up to that point. Uh, it kind of all comes together as just like being a a big uh, psychological horror movie and a lot of a horror movie about uh, memory and just bringing together all that uh, uh, all that paranoia. Um, because definitely, as Don't Look Now was going on before, I didn't really get it. And the ending kind of brought it all uh, together for me, I think. Hey, hi there. Uh, just a heads up, the show goes uh, slightly uh, off the rails here. Uh, we uh, ran into te- technical difficulties pretty much throughout this entire uh, recording session, so uh, the audio is a little bit different here in the second part. Uh, so uh, yeah, just a, just a heads up for that, but uh, progressively gets better, so I uh, hope you enjoy. What's the name? Of, what's the name of that movie again, John? That you were just talking about the haunting. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So what I wanted to say in my response <laughs> to your the haunting before I had technical difficulties was um. <laughs> I don't even remember. I think um, it was. Uh, uh, I think it was also remade in like the '90s with Liam Neeson and maybe Catherine Zeta-Jones or something. And apparently, it's terrible. But uh, ah, yeah. I think mainly what like mainly I wanted to say is that you're like yeah you're doing a lot of uh, I feel like uh, deeper cut horror um, yeah. and doing a lot of st- yeah <laughs> yeah right <laughs> and a lot of stuff from the '60s and and stuff so mm. yeah yeah been trying to Props to your imagination yeah I've been trying to get to those uh, yeah older classic horrors so yeah I've seen seen some good ones lately. Yeah. No, I definitely want to check that out. I would definitely also want to check the Zemeckis out. Uh, both oh, are yeah. definitely probably worth watching, and uh, mm-hmm. Carnival of Souls. For sure. Mm-hmm. In the, okay, um, wait, all right. The, if you have nothing else, to... yeah, that that's it. For <laughs> what, what happened in the in the top left? Does it say recording on yours too? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Okay. Good. <laughs> okay i thought something happened no 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 i was just yeah i was just getting nervous that something was gonna happen yeah <laughs> okay um well so uh my next film that i watched uh i watched this week actually and i know you've seen this uh horror movie as well uh i watched one cut of the dead uh, uh yeah I believe it like was released last year, right? But it was like made in 2017 or something like that. Yeah, I think it had a US release in 2019. But yeah, it was made yeah, a couple years earlier in Japan. Oh yeah, one one cut of the dead, the the Japanese uh zom- making of a zombie movie. Um yeah, I really liked this, and I really didn't know what to expect because I did not know much about it, uh, like plot-wise. Um, but yeah, I, I just really, I really loved just the whole um, main idea of it. How they kind of just show they start show by showing you this bonkers uh, scene that they created that you just <laughs> you just it's pretty unbelievable, like how how you jump into this bonkers scene and it it, it feels very um, the way it's shot is just like 
that's the first thing I was thinking. The first 15 minutes there, I was like, I can't believe these camera guys are picking all this up. That was like my first takeaway. I was like, this is unreal. And I thought it looked just uh, so cool too, the way they um, shoot the warehouse. Um, And then I, and then I I love how it just kind of becomes a, uh, like a filmmaking, like an ode to filmmaking and also like a satire um, of filmmaking as they kind of show all the ridiculous lengths they did just to make that scene and why a lot of the, uh, the timing of it is weird and why um, a lot of things that don't make se- that may confuse you on first watch. You're like, Oh, that's why that was uh, weird because of, you know, this, they were trying to, you know, they couldn't get the guy in the room there, you know, or something, mm-hmm. something like that. And that's why they, that's why that dialogue seems so weird is because they were improvising. Um, yeah, and so I just loved the whole, that whole thing. Um, I, I and I love how it, it how like it all builds to. Um, they show you the credits twice, and it shows you how like the last shot they create a the human pyramid in order to yeah. get that last shot. Uh, really liked it. Really liked that all. And I think the thing that I liked mo- more than anything was the end credits. How they just show the camera operators. Uh, going to work on shooting that sequence um it's unreal like these camera operators are running all over the place and just twisting their bodies to capture it all and it was it was a very noticeable um thing that just like when you're watching that sequence it's just like i can't believe they're capturing all of this uh so yeah it was just a great movie for anyone who is uh uh, into filmmaking in any way. I think anybody who's in, in film uh, should see it uh, for sure. Like, I would recommend it to, like, if I were to meet any production uh, people I've met, I would definitely recommend the, the movie to them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely has a lot to do with just the, the production of, uh, of a movie, too. And I think it's one of the, as soon yeah. as I think, like, I don't know, I've gotten tired of zombies at some points and, you think like what else can they do with zombies uh like this yeah right was actually surprising like how unique it was in every way and yeah definitely definitely one of my favorite uh recent horror movies um oh yeah it, you know it's also a horror comedy it's, it's kind of a it's a feel-good movie too uh, oh yeah for sure yeah yeah pr- produces a lot of feelings that you don't you don't really expect mm-hmm yeah no, yeah, definitely. That was one of my favorite movies of uh, of last year. I think uh, definitely in need of. Yeah, a- I recall it being high on your list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. One cut of the dead. Uh, all right. Well, I'll go with a. Uh, you know what? Keeping keeping with my segues here, I'm gonna go. Yeah, with right. You gotta. A- <laughs> Another foreign uh, horror comedy um, that I saw on the Criterion channel. It's called The Quiet Family. Um, and it's uh, directed by Kim Ji-Woon, who also... Um, I haven't seen any of his other movies, but um, he's directed The Good, The Bad, and The Weird, which I know is a pretty popular Korean movie. Um, I Saw the Devil. Um but yeah, this is my first of his, and uh, it also happens to star uh, Song Kang Ho, 
who is the dad in Parasite, and I gotta uh, mm. gotta figure out exactly who. Oh, and uh, hang on, we might have another. No, never mind. She's not in Parasite. Uh, one of the other actors I cannot remember his name. There we go. Choi Min Sik. He is in uh, Old Boy and uh, plenty of other really popular uh, Korean movies too. Um, but anyway, uh, The Quiet Family is a horror comedy um, based on this uh, this family who decides to rent out. Um, part of their home as like a, an Airbnb pretty much and a uh, whole bunch of shit goes wrong that ends up in yeah. all these people dying in their you know in their care so to speak at their uh, Airbnb um, so it starts out with their first customer um, going there to commit suicide and um, uh, what I loved about this movie is that there's a lot of different um uh i guess twists and turns it takes that are you know very comedic very like slapstick and uh you just never see them coming and they're so ridiculous um but they work so well um some of the humor i didn't really i that didn't really work for me and i don't know <laughs> maybe it's just uh it doesn't come across the same way reading subtitles um as it would yeah if, yeah if it if it were in english um or just if I spoke Korean, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it was still a really, uh, really fun movie that I had no, had known nothing about. Um, just saw uh, saw it on Criterion Channel, and then I recognized uh, Song Kang Ho from Parasite. So uh, yeah, I gave it a watch, and uh, it was definitely a definitely a good horror comedy. Um, but yeah, the the my only my only flaws is that some things I guess maybe didn't translate well enough for me to to get on a comedic level but uh still a really fun movie uh and still very funny and uh yeah i'd recommend to anyone who's on the criterion channel and uh and debating with (laughs) quiet family (laughs) yeah well one of your last watches before you lose the criterion channel right yeah exactly yeah it's one i had to get in this month before i lose it (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean that sounds good to me. I see. I watch. I feel like I watch a lot of thrillers like that that are clearly, um, where they're setting some up something that's like obvious to go wrong, mm-hmm. and I think those are like it's a good quality in a lot of horror comedies because uh, then you get to see how the um, actors decide to uh, react and really play out the whole situation. And mm-hmm. yeah, I want to. I want to watch that now. Yeah, yeah, it was good. And yeah, there's so many different uh you know characters that come in and out that can be a little uh confusing at times at least for me. Um but uh yeah, the, the comedy still lands enough for it to be uh, an enjoyable watch. Yeah, and an Airbnb is like I was saying this to um a friend the other day, an Airbnb is like like an actual one, like not one that you like rent online. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a weird like thing. Oh yeah, like you know, an old bed and breakfast it, place. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It just seems like a 
something that you'd have to be crazy to do, you know, what, but I know people actually do it and like it. Yeah. Um, but I always, when I, like I was watching the Sopranos and, um, there's this, there's the episode, I don't know if you remember, but where like Vito, he goes into an Airbnb, uh, to a B and B in like, I don't know, upper Northeast, mm-hmm. uh, some like New Hampshire or something like that in a small town. And I'm just kind of like looking at the people who own it and the people who are staying there. I'm just like, what crazy people, like they're <laughs> yeah. just like all having convert rate, really like regular conversations during breakfast together and they don't really know each other at all. And I'm just it's like, this weird, is so yeah. weird. I've, yeah, yeah so I've i think it's a great a, setting i've stayed in an old bed and breakfast and it's oh yeah it's super wow. odd to see like okay, how do these people get like into this like their <laughs> their lives every day almost is that they have strangers stay in their house and then they like mm-hmm. interact and they love it yeah they love it yeah it's something i would never do in a million it's years. a different thing mm-hmm yeah, well, that's uh, that's the quiet family. All right, um, all right. So my next film that I watched is a 2019 movie. I don't know if you saw this, but um, you definitely know uh, of it, and and its and its predecessor. Uh, I watched Doctor Sleep. Oh. The sequel to Stephen King's The Shining, yeah. I still have not seen Doctor Sleep, but that's on my HBO HBO Max list. It's one I kept like, um, I kept forgetting about it, mm-hmm. uh, just cause I don't know. I just kept forgetting about it, but it's totally something where I was like, yeah, I would love to see that, you know. Yeah. But it, it just gets lost, and it just gets lost in all the the movies I want to watch. Um, but yeah, I finally watched it. Uh, braved the two and a half hours that it is. So it's it's not quite It Chapter 2, but it's pretty long. <laughs> yeah, um, It Chapter 2, man. And also, you know, like I, I love Ewan McGregor and I love The Shining. Um, and I love... Um, Marion Cotillard, and she she's great in this movie. Oh, I didn't know she was in that. Yeah, yeah, she plays like she plays like the villain, the villain. Yeah, the villain. <laughs> Actually, it's not Marion Cotillard, man. It's Rebecca Ferguson. God damn it! Oh, <laughs> we'll we'll cut this part out. I yeah. do that. I do that all <laughs> the time. <laughs> but anyway, I, all right. I, obviously, Mary and Cotillard is really great, but I all, Rebecca Ferguson's pretty, pretty <laughs> great too, and she's all she's in this, not Mary and Cotillard. Um, so I like I guess the first thing to talk about with this movie, uh, is that if you're expecting like a sequel to Kubrick's The Shining, uh, that's not what you're getting, um, because you are getting the sequel to Stephen King's The Shining, Shining like the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are very, they're very different. Like they're vastly different. Um, like the sh- Kubrick's The Shining is like another layer of darkness and horror and just really taking like a um, artistic, like uh, an artistic lo- outlook of, K- of Stephen King's book 
and it really turns it into something else entirely. I would say um, Stephen King probably, I think, envisioned a more like mainstream, um, a more mainstream adaptation of his book, and more of like a uh, more of like an it sort of thing, or like where the char- where the characters are you know, very connected and feel like they're, and it's more of the hero's journey and like they can overcome all of this essentially, which is not what Kubrick's The Shining is. Kubrick saw like another layer of darkness to uh, King's book and really created one of the scariest movies ever. Um, yeah. But so Dr. Sleep is on a much more down to earth like level. Um, it definitely uses a lot of imagery from Kubrick's movie because that's, I think, I don't know. They're just taking that Liberty since the world was already kind of built in its own way. So like, there's a lot of lifting. Um, that while Dr. Sleep takes a more, uh, mainstream approach, uh, to this story and to, the character of Danny Torrance in general, I still, I still really did like, I liked what they did. I thought it was really well done. Um, there specifically, there's a lot of parallels to like Jack to, from like Jack Torrance and Danny Torrance. Like uh, Danny Torrance as an adult is an alcoholic. Um, and so he's, he's really struggling with alcoholism and especially the, the fact that he's been able to shine uh, this whole time and it's made him feel different and because he has access to this world that kind of uh, of ghosts and characters that kind of have freaked him out all his life so mm-hmm. you know I mean of course he's an alcoholic right <laughs> um, but so it's a really great um, just like a, a, cor- a story where characters needs to triumph over their past essentially, which is a lot, very similar to what happens in It Chapter 2. Um, and so, like, eventually, you know, uh, and also uh, uh, Ewan McGregor meets, like, other, like, children who are like him, so he forms bonds with them in this movie. Um, and, and eventually all leads um, for him to going back to the Overlook Hotel to face his past, like, everything that happened. And he also faces... Rebecca Ferguson, who just is a really creepy villain uh, in this. And I liked it, even though it's moral, it feels more like a superhero film on when you're trying to compare it to something like The Shining. But wow. I thought it was well done. I don't want to, I don't, yeah, I don't want to take it that as entirely negative. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, I, it's definitely worth the watch. Nice. I feel like there wasn't a ton of buzz about this when it came out. Like I remember seeing a bunch of trailers for it all the time, but I feel like it wasn't talked about enough. And The Shining is such a huge, I know, movie. Yeah. But yeah I, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't hear many people and who saw it. It produces a lot of like it rides a lot off of that nostalgia train. Like there, because there's just like the first shot you see, like. Um, Danny Torrance riding his um, tricycle over that like creepy looking carpet um, in the Overlook Hotel. And so there's just so much stuff like that, that I'm just, yeah, I am surprised that this movie didn't get caught up in the nostalgia train. Yeah. Right. You would have figured it would. Uh, Yeah. That's 
pretty crazy. But I'm still, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that uh, at some point because, yeah, of course, love The Shining. So anything related to that, uh, you know, I'm definitely interested in seeing. Nice. Uh, all right, I think the 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 last one I got is uh, I feel like a fairly uh, fairly well known movie. Um, invasion of the body snatchers yeah i know of that movie i also haven't seen that i haven't seen one movie that you've talked about oh really yeah Yeah. like i feel like i've definitely you've definitely seen more that are on my on my list but i guess the ones i'm choosing to talk about uh uh yeah i guess yeah you haven't but uh invasion of the body snatchers is a uh actually a remake of an older movie from the fifties of the same name, um, which I had actually seen that a few years ago and thought it was okay. It did. I um, didn't love it. Uh, maybe it just felt a little dated uh, for me too, but uh, then this invasion of the body snatchers came out in the late seventies, I believe uh, in 1978. Yeah. And it stars Donald Sutherland Letter Nimoy, Jeff Goldblum, um, and uh, directed by Philip Kaufman. And uh, I really love this movie. It's, uh, it, I feel like is very, um, uh, it's a good movie for the times we're living in right now because mm. there's a ton of paranoia involved and, uh, and you know, especially just throughout the, the society they live in. Um, because all of a sudden, um, you know, people, people start to act a little differently. Um, everyone's not exactly how they, how they have seen before. Um, and, you know, you slowly start to learn more about, uh, about why people are starting to act so strange. And then, um, yeah, it ends up, it turns into a, uh, just a super paranoid movie throughout the entire thing and to an ending that uh, is super satisfying while also terrifying at the same time. Uh, and, um, oh gosh, what else was I going to say? But uh, it's, uh, oh, it also is very, uh, I think, prevalent just in pop culture too. There's a lot of um, moments, scenes, and like character uh characters that uh i have like, yeah. noticed within pop culture and didn't realize it's from uh yeah this movie like even see i like, feel like with jeff goldblum and leonard nimoy it's uh, bound to have that you can yeah oh, it's yeah. obvious and uh yeah there's even there's a i think a treehouse of horror simpsons episode that i did i think there is was yeah uh, you know all the little pieces that were parodying uh this but uh really liked it and i almost uh yeah it made me think that you know the one from the 50s was kind of forgettable uh i don't think it's a bad movie by any means but uh this one i just think was so much better and um uh yeah i, I don't know I, I loved it a lot and i think it's uh again because of the times it's very very relatable and there's a lot of paranoia about um obviously you know the virus going on and just people's political thoughts in general. And this, there's totally a, a ton of themes about McCarthyism and 
uh, like, you know, communism um, mm-hmm. in here where, you know, people are trying to hide, you know, who they really are or their hide their beliefs or anything like that. And um, they get, and, you know, the whole group, this like mob mentality finds out and then, um, you know, in today's day, they try and cancel them or um, call someone out for uh, for a certain belief. So, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of different uh, themes from this movie that you could still relate to today. And you can see for the times how they relate to the society and political landscape back then, too. So, uh, yeah, Invasion of the Body Snatchers is really good movie. Uh, super creepy and scary at times, too. And really gives you that sense of paranoia throughout the entire thing so uh yeah it's another that's one i would i might keep for like a yearly uh yearly october Ooh. watch yeah along nice. with along with pretty much everything else <laughs> i've said tonight yeah. your fifth horror classic of the episode yes exactly seen for the first time yeah nice so that's your last one yeah that's my last one all right i got one more cap us off cap us off um i think you've seen this i watched uh Herzog's nosferatu oh yeah saw that just a couple months ago yeah and also on time might as well bring this up i watched um i watched the like first nosferatu like a couple months ago might as well talk about that too oh yeah I forget who, oh, um, the 1922 Nosferatu, uh, directed by F.W. Murnau. Um, and it was, I think it was like the first time, like, dra- there was an adaptation of Dracula. And so I think to, like, deal with, um, like, the, the, since they didn't have the rights or something like that, they called it, like, Nosferatu at the time. Yeah. Now it's why. And, and we also talked about um, uh, Coppola's Dracula, like last year. Yeah, we did. Yeah, around the so, same time. Yeah. So I'm finally coming. Like, uh, so like over like a year ago, I think it was. I hadn't seen a single Dracula at all. I didn't know anything. Mm. Um, and so now it's like I've come full circle. I've seen this story three times, three different ways. So. Mm-hmm. I now I feel like I could say like actually a good amount about it. Um, like specifically since I saw the 1922 one, which I think is like a necessary thing to see before you see these other ones. Um, just because it's like the yeah. story at its most um, basic ground level. Um, mm. and, and and I think there's something um, there's some about this story and like uh, I think the the simplicity of it maybe and like I do just the way that it's told like the same way every time you're seeing the same tale every time I think it's like an interesting thing that like a new director just tries to um take it and do their own thing with it mm-hmm. um and, and like I I think in Herzog specifically you just see some of like Herzog's like imagery is like very Herzog, um, like you, there's like a bunch of mice that are crawling all over this house. That's um, clearly it feels the uh, the difference in the world. Um, and I thought I, I thought the original one from 1922, like specifically, had so much really cool um, imagery. Um, yeah, 
like like with the way it played with um color and stuff like that mm-hmm. I, I like like when the sh- when he gets on the boat and like in the coffin and then all of a sudden like there's start it starts i don't know i don't remember what color it is but <laughs> they start to play with color there um uh-huh. <laughs> and, and i thought like what her songs did differently was more so like that they are they're not using um dialogue cards there's actually the opportunity to let uh dracula act between all of the characters so i thought that provided a different uh creepiness and a different uh a lot more understanding into uh the character of dracula and then i think coppola like built on that even more um Mm -hmm. and i think coppola coppola is like doing something different entirely and trying to be uh close to the book um but yeah i don't know i think it's cool that i know about this now (laughs) (laughs) mainly yeah i didn't realize so i out of all three of of these i'd seen coppola's first and yeah and i I think it's a confusing thing to jump in definitely into i thought that was the just the story of dracula for like this movie you know i didn't and then i saw nosferatu and i was like oh wait that also like this also has this real estate agent in it and (laughs) uh yeah and uh i all th- yeah, all three of these, I like what you said, you know, they all have sort of these different takes on it and these different things to take away. Um, yeah. And I, I really like the original Nosferatu because um, of what they do with, you know, it's it's a silent movie and the way they're able to, I mean, just show the, the creepiness and... Uh, yeah. So they they're really just relying on like photography a hundred percent and yeah. uh, their color their use of color and uh, costume design. So I think it's a great like I think it's you have to see that one first for me. Yeah, uh, definitely. Because Coppola's I was really confused sometimes because Dracula changed his look like seven times yeah. in the movie. So I just remember being like, so that's Dracula too. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I, and I, I think out of out of these three, the Coppola one might be, well, it's definitely my favorite. Um, yeah, and I because I, I think he does, he does, uh, you know, a lot more with the with the story and and makes it more, um, I guess modern, modern day ish, uh, in a way. And there's a lot of weird things in that movie. Yes, there's a lot of weird things. Keanu <laughs> is very strange and it's and it, uh, everyone makes fun of his like his terrible accent uh, and, and everything but yeah I, I think just uh from a entertainment viewpoints uh that one's oh for sure my favorite but yeah i definitely really really enjoyed all of these and i think uh klaus kinski is yeah like an amazing mm-hmm. uh dracula too yeah yeah i thought fa- i thought that her songs you definitely felt like um I don't know, the element of like I guess you uh, the the best way to describe it is like you feel the the coldness of the world yeah. of like the Transylvania world very well through uh, Herzog. It's like very it's a very gray movie, and Dracula felt just uh, very very gray and very cold, and um, and it was very and and, and yeah, and it's, and it's very and it was very sad as well. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I, I think in the, in, well, in both the Herzog and the Coppola ones, you see like how tormented uh, 
Dracula is. Yeah. Where you can start to, you know, empathize with him. Yeah, I think that's where, ways. like, the the forgetting Sarah Marshall, like, <laughs> yeah. philosophy comes into play. Yes, yeah, exactly. I, mean, I don't think there's any way of doing that in the, ni- the 1922 one. I think he's mostly, like, a ghoul, and he's yeah. mostly just very creepy. Yeah, that is definitely more of, uh, I guess, one of the earlier straightforward, like, horror films. Uh, yeah, and then in, yeah. in Herzog and Coppola's, there's there's more... Um, yeah, there's more of an empathetic viewpoint to it, and you see more of. Yeah, they're just like this guy's lonely as shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is more so what they're like. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, he's like an incel, uh, in the in the the newer ones. But, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm glad you uh, glad you watched those because there's still I like, it out. There's still like a hundred more uh, Nosferatu and Dracula movies out there that oh geez I still haven't seen. I feel like you know there's one. I don't like, even know where to go next. Yeah, me neither. I feel like these are three you know good. Um, I don't know a good basis for it, but I know yeah, there's one exactly. with like there's one with like Christopher Lee, too. Yeah, I don't know. There's there's quite a few more, but yeah, nice. Yeah, that rounds out my horror watch list for this yeah, month. That's our, our Halloween bender for uh, the month of October. We still have a couple more days, so still catch a few more, and especially on Halloween Day. I know I'll watch at yeah. least a couple. Yeah. I'll probably watch The Great Pumpkin as usual. <laughs> the Great Pumpkin? What's that one? Oh, wow. Uh, the Charlie that. Brown. Oh, the Charlie Brown, the Great Pumpkin. Yeah, of course. <laughs> the, you know, the John Carpenter movie, The Great Pumpkin. Yeah. yeah, good call. Yeah, that's a good one. I uh, I definitely, Nightmare Before Christmas is one I didn't bring up, but I watched that earlier in the month. Yeah, I know that's one of your favorites. Still haven't seen yeah. it. That Yeah, that's just a personal favorite of mine from childhood. But uh, yeah, that's usually one I try to watch on Halloween, watch a little earlier this time, but... Uh, yeah. One of those. Oh, nice. Yeah, I guess that